my mind and my various boyfriend's minds. And you get the idea. Venus is always clear and she's to the point. She never says anything scary. The best thing is that she'll read for you by the minute, meaning you can call her for five minutes or 55 minutes. So if you're lying awake at night, not sure what to do about a situation, and you just wish you knew what someone was really thinking or feeling, like your boyfriend or your girlfriend, spouse, your boss, friend, or someone in your family even, then you should call Venus. Likewise, if you've lost someone close and you have some healing and closure to do, call my mom. She can often talk with you within 24 hours, and it's not like a psychic hotline. You always know who you're going to speak with, and you can trust her. So let yourself book a session. Do it now while it's on your mind. Go to her website at godisalwayshappy.com. That's godisalwayshappy.com. Look up readings, and you're in. And while you're there, if you want to see more about her live radio show and podcast, The Dear Venus Show, just click on radio. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an astrologer, energy worker, and channel. And um, I'm on the planet in Tucson, Arizona. We're, we're having the... Um, the, the building clouds and humidity of the monsoon season, which is one of the six uh, seasons that, that happen here in the Sonoran Desert. So, so we've had some, uh, some brooding clouds and then some rain dumping, and it's going to continue. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of in most interesting time of, uh, of year here in Tucson for me because to feel humidity is such a change of pace. And I, I think people who are really accustomed to the desert might not like it. Uh, but I like it because it reminds me that the weather actually does change sometimes. So <laughs> that's life here in Tucson. Uh, tonight's show is uh, last week Sarah, who won the monthly drawing um, for June, was on the show. And we had a tech issue that had kind of a short episode. And, and so we had a, a, about a half as long conversation as I wanted. So I invited her on to continue the conversation. So we're going we're gonna to do that in a couple minutes after I let you know. Uh, some updates about what's going on. We're just about in uh, the Capricorn full moon, which is a conjunct uh, Pluto in Capricorn. And so um, some of the story on that is available through the, the, the full moon meditation MP3 that I released a couple days ago. You can download that. Uh, go to my blog, tdjacobs.com, and, uh, and look for the entry the last few days about that. And uh, it's a free download that you can, of course, donate to support the process. And the next one, the new moon in two weeks, uh, will be the same setup. And then after that, there will be a fee. I wanted to give you a taste of how I do these channeled uh, meditations. And it's not Ascended Master Jehudi specifically, but he's seamlessly integrated into me. And so it is 
what he would say. It is his wisdom, but you're not going to hear my voice uh, change as you do on all the other channeled uh, material uh, that I offer through my site. So the new moon med- the full moon meditation, and then in two weeks, the new moon meditation. After that, there'll be a perk for subscribers to my monthly service and available to everybody else as well. The next announcement is on July 14th in the morning, uh, NASA and the European Space Agency are going to do a, a live flyby, the first live shots of Pluto. And um, astrologer... Uh, I'm totally blanking on her name. She's even been on the show. Donna Woodwell has organized uh, through uh, Kepler College a, uh, a three-hour commentary by astrologers on this, and I'm going to be part of that. And that starts at 6 a.m. Pacific on July 14th. That's in my site calendar, and you can also find that uh, on uh, Facebook and, uh, and through Kepler's site. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of exciting, kind of a little a, a history, a, a new thing, a history-making thing. And um, one more week to get Living Myth, Exploring Archetypal Journeys, uh, my book on mythology versus archetype, myth is social instruction versus uh, how we actually live and how we're actually wired regarding archetype. When you register for the Asteroid and Centaur live video class, it starts on August 4th. All that info is on tdjacobs.com. I'm going to teach you about 11 archetypes that I use, how to use them in chart analysis. Living Myth is not an astrology book, but it will set you up to understand my approach, and then we'll actually look at charts and talk about house placements and sign placements in the class. And the last announcement is that Oralite 23 pre-orders are now open. And this is a crystal that looks like amethyst, pink or purple amethyst, sometimes with a little green in it. But there are um, these... uh, metal inclusions in it that are said to be from uh, from something crashing to Earth billions of years ago. And uh, I've been working with this for almost five months in an upgrade, a consciousness upgrade project. And on my site are six MP3s that are audio diaries of my process since I started using it in February. This is extremely exciting. Pre-orders are open. I'm setting aside 11 for the first round that I'll program in a few weeks, but the door is open, and you can hear about my evolutionary process with this uh, on the Oralite 23 page, and also see a picture of, the, uh, of, of some of the small wands that will be available. So let's get to, uh, let me give you Sarah's birth data, and then we'll welcome her to the show. Her birth data, let me just go back into the chart. It's uh, June 30th, so she actually just had her birthday, so we'll, we'll do a little late birthday thing. Uh, June 30th, 1958. 9, 11 a.m., and if you are, uh, some software will recognize uh, Naha Stream, N-A-H-E Stream in Germany, and mine didn't, so I use uh, Bopard, B-O-P-P-A-R-D, Germany. This is also in my blog post. If you said, what did he say? You can look it up in the blog post. I included her data. So, Sarah, welcome, and happy uh, belated birthday. Welcome back. Thank you. So, last week, we covered... We, we touched on three different questions that you had, you know, shared with me, the things that you were curious about. One was about this whole Pluto on the Ascendant. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that a little, and then we talked about what you had termed the elusive Libra North Node. And so we talked about that a little. Okay. And, um, and, and can you remind me of the, uh, of the third thing 
We talked a little bit about that Pluto squaring Venus. That's right. Yes. And so then I said, well, since we're going to have you back on the show, process, digest, make notes, think, dream, and then bring back questions or comments. So what I'd love to do start with is, uh, and you may have separate questions beyond those things we talked about, but I'd like to give you a chance to uh, revisit anything in there that you'd like to, to deepen into or give any reflection or questions about. Well, you you said so much, and I've really been. I mean, this I, the reading last week was, I think, probably the most succinct and useful rendition of my Pluto right on the ascendant that I've ever heard. Great. Um, in terms of the idea that I'm I'm carrying Plutonian energy, which has to do with why people kind of respond or re and or react to me the way they do. Yeah. That was very revealing. I'm not sure quite what to do with that. I was a little <laughs> curious what you do. Do you do anything with the Pluto polarity point? Not really. Mm-hmm. Not not like people from a, from a you know some evolutionary astrology thought do. Mm-hmm. I use it as a kind of. Um, I mean, I'll, I want you to finish your thought, but then I can tell you how I do use it. But well, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, some evolutionary astrologers view Pluto as something called the soul's most unconscious um, intentions about security. And I've never been able to figure out what that means. If it's an unconscious intention, how the heck are we ever supposed to know what it is? Through seeing the experiences or situations manifest in front of us that show us our fears. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, because that kind yeah, of makes sense. Because you're you're right; it's unconscious. Like Steve Forrest has a joke. Uh, you know, is there anything that you're not conscious of in your psyche? <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, of course, you know. But but um, it, it's it, it is unconscious. But I where I take it, I think provides a a context and a firm foundation for really actually for actually understanding what to do with it, which is to say that the soul, which is divine wisdom cannot be wounded, cannot be scratched and dented. The soul is is divine love outside time watching you and me trip over our shoelaces to figure out how to become the source of love for ourselves and how to own that divine power. Mm-hmm. So it intends, and therefore it happens, that you vibrate certain thematic situations or certain themes come to you and unfold in your life. So soul knows, but soul is God. Like it's it's conscious to soul, but you, you're like, hey, I am a person. I would like to do this with my time and energy. But then there's Pluto, and so how I make this like how I try to ground this so we can actually work with it is in your etheric bodies, in your emotional body, your mental body, you're vibrating certain things because of soul's intentions. And then an experience happens, and then you seem to have a reason to feel a certain way in response. Like, oh, I'm afraid of that. Well, the fact is you have fear because everybody does, Mm -hmm. and you're vibrating it because everybody does, but you don't know that. So then because you're vibrating it, it comes to you, something to make you feel afraid and then you say, oh, my gosh, I am terrified of sharks or whatever. <laughs> okay, so that would suggest that this is sort of a revealing, this, this Pluto is a, is a way of 
drawing experiences to reveal something that needs to be worked through. Perfect. Perfect. Is that it? Perfect. That's okay. that's it. Because my hit on this, when as I started contemplating a number of months ago, what this unconscious security need, mm-hmm. which is a phrase that's used by some of the evolutionary astrologers to mm-hmm. just sort of describe Pluto. And I, I just kind of dwelled on that for a while. And I came up with the idea that, like, oh, what I kind of always grapple with is I want to be okay just the way I am. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. Uh, welcome back from that break. Uh, Sarah, you, you were asking me uh, right before the break a question um, about I think it was about just I want to be just exactly who I am. I just want to be fine the way I am. Is that is that yeah, yeah it's accurate? kind of that, you know, zero degrees on the ascendant, that Aryan mm-hmm. self and you know, that's kind of the closest I've gotten to understanding an answer to the question of what is my deepest unconscious security need. Yeah. So so how I would kind of nudge us in the idea of security you know, security and safety are all wrapped up together, and when it comes down to it, those can be moon archetype words, and mm-hmm. that's how I tie Pluto to the emotional body, mm-hmm. our deepest feelings. And um, survival issues, that's how I would kind of yeah. interpret that idea that, mm-hmm. that you're, you're saying some astrologers work with. And st- and everybody's Pluto is about survival issues. Mm. These, these root chakra 
Uh, it's one of the archetypes that lives in this root or first chakra, which is the foundation of the energy field. And um, our unconscious stuff, our immunity, you know, our sense of uh, immunological strength and, and, and intactness, physically as well as emotionally, that sense of safety, security, all of that stems from Pluto stuff in the root chakra, just for okay. reference. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if it were Pluto in the third house... Uh, you, you might say, I just want to think what I think. Mm-hmm. I want to say what I say. But you're saying, I just want to be fine the way I am. Mm-hmm. And that's the put on the first. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. 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 So you're on track with that. And, and you know, you also asked me to, you know, in an email a couple of days ago to perhaps address if there's a, a program crystal that I offer that might help you. And mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to get into that. But what I want to tell you is, you know, you said in the email, you know, you told me that I'm vibrating something plutonian that can come across as a threat to others. What I want to be really clear about is that there's nothing wrong with this and there's nothing wrong with you. As I mentioned last week, we're all vibrating the Pluto thing, mm-hmm. but yours happens to be more on the surface. Okay. We're, I we're, yeah. We're all vibrating. I mean, mine is in the 12th, but connected to a, to the ascendant by a planet. People like my Venus is right on the ascendant. Then Pluto's seven degrees into the 12th and people will, see Venus and say, he looks nice. And then they, they get up close. And I've had a student and a listener confirm this for me who's met me <laughs> before. And then, then you get up close to me and you're looking at me and you kind of see Venus and Libra on the Ascendant. Oh. But then there's this intensity there because my Pluto on the 12th is dragged to my Ascendant. I see. So I do it too, but there's like a little layer of four or five minutes <laughs> that that get built in. Yours is just very direct. So there's Mine's nothing like out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that because your soul has you wired to do that. And so your experience of it will be determined by how you conceive of that, what you think it means, and how you operate it intentionally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're br- you're br- bringing Pluto, but you're also feeling it very directly all the time. So your relationship with Fear, um, jealousy, pettiness, bitterness, any vengeful streak, any kind of rage from whatever. Uh, grief, sorrow, depressiveness, uh, you know, anything in this kind of Pluto keyword list that we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be in those states. We don't want to be stuck there. Your relationship with those real elements of the human experience will determine how others receive you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being fine the way you are or being okay with how you're wired, if you look at the world as full of people who don't want to do Pluto because they have fear and don't know how to think or feel about that, mm-hmm. or they have rage or jealousy or vengeful spirit, or, you know, or, or they get so hurt that they want to hurt someone else, that's a very Plutonian thing. Mm-hmm. When you see that in yourself and you see it in others and you accept it in yourself and you accept it in others, then you create a level of peace that then radiates out. Then that will be the Plutonian reality that you, that you, you vibrate out. Mm-hmm. And so for you, it all rests with you because it is so prominent on that ascendant. So when you have anger, if you do, when you have whatever on that list, right? Yeah. Any of those emotions we don't want to get lost in, mm-hmm. it's okay. 
it's fine mm-hmm. because this is normal. And if you, you know, everything that's in uh, the DSM is actually a normal human thing that we can get stuck in for different reasons, whether mm-hmm. emotionally, biochemically, behaviorally, whatever, through through trauma or neglect or just self-destructiveness. But all those things are part of the, you know, it's almost like the DSM is like this um, um, Plutonian handbook. If you if you just read the headlines, yeah. like the listings, you can say, okay. oh, there's a, a list of Plutonian stuff. Uh-huh. If you don't get too far into the descriptions of pathology, um, you know, then you can get kind of lost in the intellectual side of it. But, but yeah, it's a description of Plutonian living, which is all these things are normal. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you're, so whatever you may not like about being Plutonian, you'll vibrate. And so your task in this life is to make peace with all aspects of being Plutonian and, and well, love with it. Yeah. All, yeah. And love all those parts. Mm-hmm so that it no longer comes to you in a projected form or mm-hmm. in a manifest form in somebody else so that nobody else suddenly is jealous and makes you wrong for something or or petty or angry or betrayed or whatever not trusting you know mistrusting but anyway that that's all the reflection so so what you I want to say something about the crystals mm-hmm. um the the programmed onyx mm-hmm. can help us make peace with some of these things and and one of my experiences with onyx is has been to uh, transform my experience of being angry and that's been profound Hmm. because i have this real reactivity i have you know mars in the first pluto near the ascendant like i have a definite sense of of reactivity that can um really you know to put it mildly ruin everything all the time Uh, it's so, so, but, but I had that really deepened, like deepened me into what hurt mm-hmm. that, that, that was the, the springboard that created anger. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one idea. Um, another idea is a program tiger iron to be fully in the body so that we're less in our minds and we're more, you know, focused on the physical and that that's not that's not the right way i want to say it but being really super grounded and in the body what that does is it allows stuff in our lower three chakras to come into conscious awareness so we can work with them mm-hmm. i'd say that um the onyx relating to pluto energy relating to like chakras one and three in a very specific way like what is power what is my pain that blocks me from feeling powerful mm. but the tiger iron is a more gentle more generous, broad opening of the lower three chakras altogether. Mm-hmm. So you could that different context. You know, those are two different ideas. And you know, once you do that, I'm, uh, I'm also just I mentioned the Oralite Twenty Three. That's been a profound, uh, a profound thing for me. Being able to feel all those deeper things, mm-hmm. those Plutonian things, and then also kind of allow myself to gently float above them and choose what vibration I align with. So this is the onyx was the first kind of rebirth about my about anger, and the oralite twenty three is the second one, which is kind of it, it sounds almost hyperbolic and too good to be true, but uh, connecting me to a higher source of wisdom that is my higher self, mm-hmm. and it helps me not deny anger, not be in an upper chakra so that I deny that lower chakra stuff exists and intense feelings exist. 
but allows me to be really clear about what vibration I choose to align with. Mm-hmm. So those are three ideas out of the nine things uh, that I that I currently offer. And um, yeah, I, but, I went to your site. I was looking at the Onyx thing in terms of like post traumatic trauma. Mm-hmm. And That's right. I thought I would probably start with that. It's a great place to start. It's mm-hmm. it's got this this. Um, it's got this way of taking you into what hurts, mm-hmm. but gi- simultaneously giving you a boost of, I'm okay to look at it. I'm okay. I'm stronger than pain and fear that I may have, is the affirmation to use with the onyx constantly. And as you saw that, um, I don't know, 30-page PDF on trauma, PTSD, and all that stuff, that, that uh, channel PDF, or it's a conversation between me and Ascended Master Jehudi about that, and, you know, related to the onyx. Um, a lot of ideas in there can be extrapolated into affirmations to use with it, but it but it really focuses down into the depths of the emotional body. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a, an MP3 set uh, that I talked about months ago on the show, maybe before you started listening, um, but it was um, processing trauma and grief. Mm-hmm. That they're four-channeled hour-long calls that are just mm-hmm. MP3s, meditation energy work calls. Related to the onyx, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like built around the process of the onyx. So, so those are options. But I do want to I do want to emphasize that you're always going to vibrate something, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And you're, you sh- and it's we should never blame you for drawing Plutonian things to you because that's just how you're wired. It's okay, mm-hmm. but you get to choose how to vibrate. And so, given what you're talking about with the unconscious, kind of leading back to that question. These things about vibration are how to change things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I can think a happy thought. I can decide that I can get over that betrayal or this disappointment or I can try to see through that grief. But vibration is everything. Yeah. That's, that's why I got led into and why I'm doing this crystal stuff. Because, I mean, I can do the affirmation every day. Um, the universe is supportive. I'm always supported. But I need a vibratory aid. I need a tool because just my conscious self goes in and out of, you know, the uh, intermittent optimism, pessimism, hair trigger thing. Mm-hmm. So having vibratory tools like that are how to really change it. And, and because that affects the unconscious, normally how you see your unconscious, like anybody, especially you because this Pluto is prominent, is that you see something happening in front of you and you're like, um, what the expletive is that? Why, why is this in front of me? That, that's how you normally see your, your unconscious, mm-hmm. right? Because it's unconscious. <laughs> but when you get this image, of, when anyone starts to work with this image of whatever's in front of me is vibrated to me or manifest because of what I'm vibrating, okay, great. Let me draw a line in the sand. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Other people's anger, other people's jealousy, whatever. I get it. This is, mm-hmm. And then you can turn inward with some tools and affirmations and say, yeah, um, okay, that's what I'm vibrating, obviously, now that I have several decades of seeing it. Mm-hmm. I no longer need teachers to show me that I'm Plutonian. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, let's move on. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and not with bitterness. I mean, we get angry along the way and frustrated and the, you know, why is do I have to do this the fortieth time? Didn't I do this, you know? But beating our head up against the wall, you know, is 
just as not effective the 40th time as the 10th. Mm-hmm. So anyway, how to change that unconscious vibration, we also have to make peace with all of the things from the past and rewrite the history of why they happened. And I think we talked about that last week some. Yeah, I mean, I, that's bit. all week I've been really contemplating that because <laughs> I came up with this, this idea of like how we're always getting there and always departing. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And I, I've started like reframing a lot of my past experiences that I view, you know, in this story like way of like, you know, so and so did this and I was screwed, you know, that kind of thing. And now, now I'm kind uh-huh. of like trying to review and go, you know, I was departing and I was getting there. I was, you know, there was something going on there to get me to where I am now. So it's not like a bad thing necessarily. It's, there was a there was a process going on there. And one of the things you said last week, which I've also been thinking about a lot, is this North Node. Uh, North Node in Libra, you said, is about calming down. And I thought that was very interesting because from a very early childhood age, I've been drawn to meditation. And have been practicing meditation most of my life, and thank God I have been, um, because things would have been a lot rougher without it. And that, that in a sense, that draw from a very early age to the spiritual, to the meditation practice, really is what you were describing with that north node drawing me there. Also, that sun trining Neptune might have something to do with that, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Wanted to ask you before I forget, what do you make of that Uranus in the twelfth, um, and Chiron in the sixth, and they're kind mm-hmm. of in opposition to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely by by house and sign they are. Um, it's um, so Uranus is how we we need to free ourselves, and and how we need to individuate, and so um, you essentially. Are, are invited by your soul to learn to individuate through Leo in the 12th house. So you just said uh, that pull to meditation has really changed a lot over the years because I can see that it, it has helped. That is that Jupiter-Neptune on the north node, and it's Uranus in the 12th. Mm. Like, right? So you free yourself through a Neptunian process. Mm-hmm. It, and I would say... South node in Aries in the ninth, south node ruler Aries at the end of the eighth, right, Mars at the end of the eighth, mm-hmm. and then Pluto in the first, you know, three out of three karmic indicators of where you're coming from are Marsy. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, Uranus in the twelfth, what, how can I free myself from the drama, from the competition and drama? Um, and, and just, um, just the, Saurus, you know, you know the Yiddish word Saurus, like oh, just yes. the, uh, you know, just like the constant, the tumult, you know, the constant mm-hmm. drama. Um, that's probably the only time I will ever use a Yiddish word on this show. I just heard my mom coming through. Um, but anyway, uh, Uranus in the 12th, how can you free yourself? How can you be a unique individual and get rid of conformity? And another thing for my mom is how can I soar with the eagles when I'm surrounded by turkeys? That's another thing she would say. Yeah, that's a good and, is it? But anyway, yeah. for you, Uranus, 12th house, you know, 12th house, you know, Ilio, my own personalized way of meditating, my yeah. own personal way of connecting with nature or truth or animals or, you know, whatever, trees and rocks. So, so actually, I mean, crystals might actually, you know, really work well for you because it's all about 
altered states of consciousness, which is ideal in the 12th house. Yeah, I wondered about the Uranus and the 12th having been through quite a few uh, uh, different types of spiritual practices and groups Mm -hmm. that I didn't really, you know, couldn't ultimately stay with, that there was this kind of erraticness even in my sort of outward spiritual form. I mean, there's been this constant thread throughout this life, yet, you know, without going into the details, I have di- had difficulty in this group, so then I went and did this other thing, and then, then I, I needed to go on my own. Uh, I, that Leo makes a lot of sense that I, 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 I don't deal with groupthink. I don't deal with organization. I don't like to be in organizations, and I was wondering if that Uranus in the 12th house is kind of a, an indicator of, you know, look, I can do spiritual, but I'm going to be really kind of Uranian about it. Yeah. If you didn't tap into the Uranian individuality and urge toward individuation, meaning if you were willing to be bored so that you can belong, mm-hmm. then groups would be fine for you. Yeah. And, and what they say is true, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have elements of truth that they put in their systems and their teachings, and that's great mm-hmm. to explore different things. But the Uranian, in, because, I think because you have Jupiter and Neptune on the North Node, you know, Jupiter and Neptune, what they have in common is a connection with truth. Like Jupiter is seeking for it, mm-hmm. you, you know, craving, pining, seeking. But Neptune is the actual direct tapped into something capital T true. Mm-hmm. So that undergirds some of this. That in a bunch of lives, you know that's real, but nobody teaches you how to do it or it's elusive or you're fighting so you can't sit down and meditate. Right, that that kind of idea. So then, as you experience a twelfth house thing with this, you know, related symbolism. Um, I mean, Uranus is widely square Neptune here. Uh huh. You know, but so as you do that, then it's like the pull square is friction and pressure. And in this case, it's like, well, that is this thing is spiritual. Sure, that's a practice that I could do. Okay, uh, that feels pretty good. But then there's this like. I call you. I say Uranus brings lightning bolts from the gods, and mm-hmm. they are undeniable, immediate. I have no idea where this came from. Insights. Yeah. So for you, as you explore what spirituality might or should look like, Neptune on the North Node, you're going to have these course corrections that keep you being Uranian, because if it's not all vibrating is true, you can't do it. Exactly. That's but that's been the, my experience yeah. with with the sort of you know every, every group think as I call it, you know oh exactly. well this is what he says let's go with that well you know I I, I last a few years with that and then I mm-hmm. break out and have a kind of blowout with a person or a group and then I'm on to you know my own path yeah. is really what what it's about and I'm I've gotten really comfortable with that in the last few years like no i'm not a this or a that or an ism i'm not part of an ism um and lately of course this has translated into my interest in astrology which is very iranian also Mm -hmm. Um, what about that chiron uh over there in the sixth yeah so this so chiron's this energy antenna that we have and we sense energies and and um how it always starts when we're infants is we experience what is probably not um, um, intentional on someone else's part, but some kind of wound of rejection is where mm-hmm. it starts. 
And then we become, then we get imprinted with this idea. If I do this thing the way I want to do it, I'm not going to be loved because when you're two weeks old, the parent who inadvertently made you feel rejected or inadvertently co-created that with you um, is God and goddess is everything. Mm -hmm. And so there's a sense of, I might not be lovable if I do this thing. Well, the sixth house is getting things done, and it's about health, healthcare, food, diet, like the daily routine kind of stuff. It's about how work actually happens, like how you actually do things as well, um, how you line things up if they're organized and ranked and effectively executed, like in what order and timeliness. Aquarius is doing things differently. So um, so in any sixth house context, you're going to be two layers of unique. One is I'm hypersensitive to how others may react to me. But the other one is I'm doing it in, a, in an Aquarian way. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it in a different way. So, so you would be the seven-year-old in art class where the teacher says, okay, first drawing we're going to do, I want you to have a tree on the left and a boulder on the right and, and a stick-figure deer in the middle. And you're gonna and you're gonna draw um, an eagle in a nest with two little eggs staring off in the distance, and it's gonna be just as good as any other drawing. But that you couldn't follow the instructions because you had imagination. Yeah, and then I got in trouble for it too. And then you got in trouble for it exactly because <laughs> th- th- that's what that is. But th- that's what that is. Yeah, it's like it's like a you know I couldn't draw the snowman and the deer and the rock and the tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're like, um, you're just supposed to follow instructions and you just don't get it. That's mm-hmm. the Chiron for you. And mm-hmm. also, um, this is a potential to be really intuitive about how your body speaks when you eat something, when you're digesting something, mm-hmm. when, when you're eliminating, when something's moving out. All those body-oriented processes, um, your body will sp- – everybody's body speaks to them constantly reacting to relationships and choices and behaviors and beliefs and as well as food and those kind of daily practical things. But um, for you in particular, there's an emphasis of the need to tune in the energy antenna, right? Uh, to tune into your own body. And so for you to, to not police what you eat, not, um, you know, hawk's eye vigilance of judgment and policing, not like that. But for you to be really clear about all the vibrational information at every step of the feeding process, including like what store do I shop at? What's the energy in the store here? Um, and to have stuff like, like um, uh, you know, you might be able to feel when you really get good at this, if you're not already, but you might even be able to feel the energy that went into food when it was prepared. Mm-hmm. Like you go to two different restaurants and you know the chefs at each one and you realize you just don't like this one restaurant because of the chef's energy. He's making the food. And this other one, this lady is really cool and you you talk to each of them. You you see them, but you realize the food has a different vibration. And and so anyway, you, for you to tune into those energetic realities is, 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 a, is a major part of that Chiron in an evolved state. Mm-hmm. Because how you do things – how these processes work must be different. You cannot avoid that. You know, like when you were younger, family feast, maybe sometimes you couldn't eat what everybody else ate and, and you just looked like the troublemaker because you couldn't eat this or wouldn't eat that. 
you know, some little kids are naturally vegetarian and the parents are like, look, three-year-old, eat it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, I certainly do. Um, yeah. you, can, can you hold on to that? We're going to take our, our, our sure. second break. We'll come back. Okay. I definitely want to hear what you're going to say. So okay. uh, everyone stick with me. Sarah is here okay. for part two of the, the monthly drawing uh, reading. And uh, this is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. We'll be right back. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, energy worker, and channel. Tonight... Uh, Sarah, who is uh, June's monthly drawing winner, uh, is joining me. You can enter every month by emailing tom at tdjgibbs.com with the subject line TSJ Monthly Drawing. Around the middle of the month, I'll pick a winner, and then at the end of the month, you'll be on the show, and you can ask me anything you want. So, Sarah, I said something about being at the uh, at the dinner table with everybody, and you can't eat the thing, and every, you know, making you wrong for not being able to be on that sixth house program, and the, it sounded like you might respond, so so what did that bring up? Oh, I was just cracking up because I've always been very interested in health, and I became a vegetarian in the early 70s at 14, which was a great way to rebel against my parents. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's a long, long story. I'm not a vegetarian now uh, for health reasons. And uh, also, for, you know, in other words, I've been in and out of different kinds of, of programs for health reasons. Um, but that's what cracked me up when you were giving me that image of yeah. being very Aquarian about my health. Yeah, yeah. And, and it'll, you know, and that, that, that Chiron, as I mentioned, the energy antenna, and, 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 you know, every health situation is a manifestation of energy. And we experience energy first as emotion. Then if we don't quite know how to effectively, in a healthy way, resolve that emotional situation, you know, we may, it may also be related to karma, which I define as beliefs about why these things happen, why I'm hurt, why this person did that. Those deeper thought patterns that are kind of knee-jerk reactions represent karma, the beliefs. But, but if we stay in those cycles, you know, the physical body can't help but manifest mm-hmm. what is energetically happening. And so that Chiron says your greatest tool during all of your life is to monitor all those vibrations, uh, you know, including like what store it is. You know, like, like when I listen to podcasts, if the people are not heart-centered, I can't listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't listen to somebody who's, like, saying, and then the person did this, and that, you know, this kind of energy yeah. of being in the throat and robotic and forceful from the sixth chakra coming out through the fifth. And, you know, so it's that kind of thing, like being really attuned to all those vibrational things, which you've said you've, you've been opening to or have, you know, had some breakthroughs with. That's the, that's the, that's the greatest thing. But your body will constantly tell you. Well, I'm honoring uh, it now instead of overriding it, right. you know, saying, oh, you know, well, I have to kind of put up with this. I mean, it's, it's, I think it was telling you during the break, I mean, I've gotten very sensitive. My sense of smell is very intense. Perfect. So I can actually smell people when they come in my office building from the elevator down the hallway. Uh-huh. I can, I'm like <laughs> a dog at this point, and I, I, I can smell if something is just like not going to be okay for me. That's right. That's right. And and we can gracefully be okay with that and just edit our experiences and say yes and no. But yeah, that's an evolution and that's Chiron in the sixth. The energy antenna in Aquarius, the sign that brings us lightning bolts from the gods. Mm-hmm. You know, the sign of that, I don't know how I know this, I just know it, and then feeling in the body, like coming out. Right. A lot of people, as I said during the break, a lot of people would might look at Chiron in the sixth house and say, well, you're going to have weird health problems and weird manifestations and allergies and intolerances. And But it's really not about having those things. It's about those things pointing to the reality that you are wired to be sensitive about sixth house stuff. So, great. You can intentionally choose mm-hmm. what it is. Because I, I view Kyra not that we have to be on the defensive against other people's suffering or mm-hmm. wholesale give in to being healers for everybody, mm-hmm. but to really look at it as the energy antenna. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And the fact that it's opposing Uranus in the 12 would seem to be kind of integrative in a sense that, you know, yeah. these two things are in kind of a dynamic tension with each other that – that almost, I'm just sort of interpreting here that, 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 in other words, my spirituality is related to that having the antenna up. Yes, it definitely is, yeah. And the truth of things, Uranus in the 12th, will trump, prevent, or hijack what you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. The truth, the, the vibratory resonant truth that you may not always have conscious awareness of. Mm-hmm. And, and this is also... 
like you talked about sense of smell, this is also uh, you have the true Black Moon Lilith conjunct your South Node. Yeah. In and and then that's in Taurus. Well, the South is in Aries. This you know Lilith here is in Taurus, and that is kind of a super heroine uh, Lilith skill as well. And so that's you know good to have on there. It's good for that 12th house, 6th house stuff, but also Lilith and Taurus on the south node will say, yeah, my sense of smell will tell me, you know, will guide me. And mm-hmm. I might not be able to explain it. Mm-hmm. And so you can even look at the history of being in groups and needing to move on from those groups and, and realize that, you know, you're, you know, it is literal, but it's not always conscious and not always real, but it's literal, but it's not, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. that something smells fishy here. Um, but when you sense something is wrong, something will hijack or derail that and you'll have to move on if you need a Uranian break, you you know, and as I mentioned during the break, you don't have to have a distressing break. You can just be like, yes, this no longer works. Right. It's sort of like get out quicker or, you know, or, you know, uh, gracefully extricate myself instead of, you know. I yeah, think you see the I used to use my brain more of like, oh, I, you know, rationally, I really should do this and logically and all that. And now it's just, you know, what if it doesn't smell right? I'm not doing it. That's right. And that's and so the, all those things represent, you know, this 12th house, 6th house, and then that Lilith thing. And, yeah, all that stuff represents that. Because in the, in the 12th house, like this idea of Uranus in the 12th, if something isn't right for us, it cannot happen. Mm. And And sometimes a thing is right for us. So that we create it, so that it goes away, so we learn through the loss. Yeah. So it looks like it's right, but it might not be. And mm-hmm. so the twelfth house task is to endeavor to constantly live in relationship to this vi- this resonance of of higher truth that seems like it's not ours because, you know, I choose things: South Node in Aries, Mars in Aries, Pluto in the first. I make choices. (laughs) Um, I am a person. I have free will. I'm an individual. But then the 12th house reality is going to come in and and either snatch something away, prevent something from happening, or just as often nudge you towards something that is really cool that your brain would never have thought of. Mm, mm -hmm. And that, you know, so it's not all bad in the 12th house, of course, but it's this what is true will trump everything else, whether you like it or not. So can, can you not you specifically, but any of us, adjust to living in that way. Does the 12th house have to do with letting things go and dissolve? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If it doesn't work, it'll go away. Mm -hmm. And if it's not good for right now, but it is good for a year or two from now, then it will magically shelve itself in an an uncontrollable way. Hmm. You know, it'll it'll stop. Or because it's all about vibration, Mm -hmm. which is where we started with this idea of you asking about the crystals and Mm -hmm. Pluto vibrations. It is all about vibration and living in the twelfth house, like um, you know, lightning bolts from the gods for you, Uranus wisdom, sudden insights from nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from the ethers or from another plane. Those say this doesn't work for me, mm-hmm. you know, or this does work for me, or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Well, just I'm, I'm interested in your just general take or something that you notice in this chart. I don't know where you might want to something that I may have not recognized or, or missed. I'm looking at, at, for example, Pluto trying the moon. I, I don't know where you what, what's your 
do you have any takes on this chart that I haven't asked you about? Yeah, there's one thing. Um, one thing that's that's kind of that's kind of loud that I think is going to be uh, a helpful addition to that Pluto story that we talked about last week and this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a south node ruler Mars is a uh, conjunct Eris, the dwarf planet Eris, which has only been in our vocabulary for about ten years, mm. um, and it's a really slow moving planet. So a lot of people don't think yet that it uh, has personal import. You know, like you'll read about how people sometimes, astrologers sometimes say that outer planets don't have personal relevance. We, we know yeah. that's not true. Yeah, I don't even like, have we, a chart yet. I don't even have Eris on, on any of the charts that I've had generated. So you're saying South Node is conjunct Eris, and Eris is also in Aries? Yeah, well, South Node ruler Mars in Aries. Oh, well, okay, right. At 16 is conjunct Eris at just under 10. Mm, mm-hmm. And so everybody born since late 1926 has Eris in Aries. Mm, mm-hmm. So our astrological minds aren't yet attuned to how important it is. But I, but I do want to mention it to you because it'll help you. Um, I believe it, it can help you understand some of these per, these dynamics that have occurred. Um, Eris is the goddess of strife and discord, and she inadvertently triggers people, and she is triggered, like mm-hmm. her buttons are pushed. Mm-hmm. And the high side of it is that we are that we are all like how spirit sees this is that we are all constantly with no matter what we do catalysts for each other's growth. But what that looks like on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday <laughs> is that you may inadvertently um, rub a raw nerve that I've been trying to heal or hide. I may do the same to you. So what do we do in response when we feel vulnerable and stripped bare? Mm-hmm. Now, South Node Ruler, for me, wherever it is in a chart, tells me about this person's role in many lives, how mm. that person keeps showing up. So you are an Eris figure <laughs> in the 8th in the and Aries. Mm-hmm. So if you unapologetically tell the truth and let other people, you know, let it be okay that other people sometimes feel defensive when they're triggered and feeling stripped bare – then you don't have to take personally if they try to make you wrong for, quote, making them feel something, unquote. Because you're being a catalyst unintentionally. Hmm. So you have vulnerabilities, but you also, and they'll be triggered by people, insecurities, vulnerabilities, and other people will, will, you know, vice versa. One example is, if I am trying to heal this thing with my with my sister, for example, and I've thought about it, it's been a year and a half, and I'm working on it, and it really hurts me, it frustrates me, and I come and pick you up, and we go to get a cup of coffee, and you get in the car, the first thing you say is, oh, Tom, my sister is the coolest, you would not, and, I'm, and it hurts me, because I have that wound. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to heal the thing, but I can't, and you just won't stop talking about how exploding awesome your sister is, and how nice she is to you. Mm-hmm. That's your eras, and that's my eras encountering each other. So do I make you wrong for, quote, making me feel that way? Because I might be defensive and try to change a subject without knowing why. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's the eras thing, and that's a huge part of your karmic journey that I just wanted to mention, mention to you. Um, it's interesting. So it's not just the soul, this Mars and Aries, South Node Aries soul that's been a warrior, um, right? It's been this... The ultra whammy kind of, in other words, it's, it was already intense enough 
with the south node in <laughs> Mars. Now you've added yet another element. In yeah. 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 And so, so you can't help but trigger other people's growth through sometimes through discomfort, sometimes through supportive dialogue and reflection. And other people can't help but trigger you. And, um, yeah, so, so this, this Pluto thing is loud for you and the Eris thing is loud for you too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so the, uh, honestly, and, and Eris, of course, in Pluto's house, the eighth house in Mars's sign with Mars. So there's this huge invitation and emphasis on unapologetically telling the truth without being derailed by people's reactions. Mm. Yes, I'm telling you something that may be uncomfortable for you. But it's almost but like only, I don't even have to yeah. tell them. They, in other words, I don't. It's not like I'm <laughs> words, right? And it, yeah, it's not. I, I'm not saying anything. It's the it's the beingness or the vi- vibration is telling them that. But I but I want to encourage you to create a context in which you are saying the things, so that you are owning it in the same kind of voice that I'm using it now. Mm-hmm. That you are owning telling the truth and pushing people's buttons because you intend to be a loving catalyst, a supportive Plutonian catalyst, but a loving catalyst, like like this is my job. <laughs> if this were not my job, I would be nuts mm-hmm. because I have a loud Eris. It's on my descendant with Chiron. So when I initiate relationship, Aries, Aries descendant, I trigger other people, Eris, and then I take personally their fears, Chiron. Mm-hmm. So it's like I turned it into my job. And when I first started doing this work, a friend of mine, well, a year after I started doing it, a friend of mine said, hey, what do you see in my chart? And I was by that time working with guides and tapping into different layers. And I told him the thing. I zoomed right into it mm-hmm. very succinctly. And he, at the end of it, he looked at me and said, so you're going to put on your business cards, making things harder for people since 2003. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I zeroed in on the thing that made him feel insecure and vulnerable. And it lay, and it stripped him bare, and he were friends, so he wasn't hurt and offended, but he was taken aback, yeah, and almost speechless. So I made it my job so that I could do this. We're actually running out of time too, but I just wanted to finish that thought. Yeah, that's a really uh, good point. Yeah, the making it your job in a, in a gracious way. Yeah, and I have boundaries. I don't do it twenty four seven, but essentially, people give me their charts and say, "Tell me what you see," and I say, "This is what looks like. This is what it hurts, and lo- this is what frustrates you, and this may be how you react to that." And they're like, "Oh my god!" You know, it's because yeah, that I need to say those things. I'm encouraging you mm-hmm. to speak that truth because it yeah. will change the energy flow in your life all, all over. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of the show. Well, thank that's you. That's very, very good food for thought. Thank you, Sarah. And everybody else can enter by writing tom at tdjacobs.com with the subject line TSJ Monthly Drawing. Around the middle of the month, we'll pick a winner, and at the end of the month, you'll be on the show, and we'll do a reading for you. And uh, you can read all about what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com, including the new programmed Oralite 23 for opening to higher truth. Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you again next week. Take care. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology and soul, inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.